Hello friends and welcome to Slide Between the Pages with Beck and Amanda. All right, guys, welcome to our episode this week, which is something a little different. So we're not talking books this week. We actually have Karina Akavane with us, who is a writing coach. And just to be, just to give her a little intro before we bring her in, uh, she is a multitasking coffee and wine filled writer, podcaster, and educator with a PhD in literature. So very experienced. Um, her passion in life is inspiring and motivating writers and creatives to do their best work and to reach their ideal audiences and she lives with her husband and two adult children who find her slightly embarrassing I think that's most children (laughs) right guys um and a tiny but a tiny but hugely demanding fur buddy so welcome Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're very excited to have you on this week. This is definitely something different than we've done previously. So yeah, we thought we'd start off with just um, learning a little bit more about you. So so I guess um, what is, if you could just run us through what the main role of a writing coach is, what it is, it is exactly that you do each day with authors and how you can help them. Sounds good. Well, I think that, so there are writing instructors, there are writing groups, there are writing diploma programs like fine arts, uh, master of fine arts in writing program. And those were all super um, kind of technically driven. And, you know, even though I have a PhD in literature, I found that the problem was more mindset. Mm -hmm. And so I really find that I do a targeted kind of bespoke service for my writers where whatever they need to move them from aspiring writer to successful author is what I do for them. So those things can look like anything from, I mean, I have people who are poets. I have people who are screenwriters. I have people who are novelists and it can be anything from helping them to edit something or helping them to go through a strategy to um, publish their work or to promote themselves. Right now I have, for example, a poet who's going to, um, she's doing a contest to be a poet laureate uh, in an area where she lives. And, uh, And then I've got screenwriters who are trying to pitch TV shows, for example. And then I'll have writers who just need that motivation and they're kind of stuck. They just feel that they can't do it. And I find that, you know, the main mindset problem that people have is that they don't believe they can do it. And so if I can get writers to believe that they are able to actually be successful as a writer, then we've already won a huge part of the battle. So that's um, that's mostly what I do. So my everyday is basically looking at people's work and being super supportive. <laughs> I love that because, yeah, I can totally understand like that being a major block because it doesn't matter how talented you are, like that mental block that you place on yourselves it would definitely restrict what you can do. So I love the supportive aspect of it. I guess, so we will include links to your website um, in this episode um, bio. And also you're on social media. So you're on TikTok. That's where we came across you. So we'll include links to that. And then are you on all the other social media platforms as well? Like where are people best to catch you? So I, the funny thing is I, I kind of started off on Instagram more but then I found that TikTok is where things really blew up because I know that you know I a big part of what I do is speak to people and motivate them and you know it's a big part of my personality to be supportive so people really started to understand who I was 
yeah. once I was on video. And so that's where things started growing. And I also have a website that's really, really useful for people. It really has everything that they need. And I also, as you, as you do have a podcast. And so um, the podcast is called creative happy hour, because I want people to be happy about their creativity, know that they can, you know, have fun with that and that it can really improve their lives. So, um, so really wherever people find me, it kind of all feeds into itself. And I also have, you know, books out there. So I have a nonfiction book about how writer's block is not why writers fail. And so it explains to them the whole mindset behind um, success as an author or a creative. So yeah, that's where, you know, they can find me. I would say that it's worth it to sign up on my website because then you can get onto my writing group, which is a yes. free, super supportive writing group. It's by Zoom. So you can live anywhere and do it. And um, people in my writing group have just won writing contests and they've published books and they've, you know, done all this stuff ever since they joined because again, not because I'm so great with the, you know, technical stuff, or I didn't teach them anything. I just think it's the, it's, you know, that whole mindset that they felt they could do it. So it's awesome. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds fantastic. So yeah, we'll include the links to all of that guys. So you can have access to it because I think, yeah, based on that, I think you're going to get a lot of benefit out of, you know, connecting here. So, and I think, yeah, if you, if you are, if you have written books or even if someone that actually just wants to start writing as well, but doesn't know, doesn't know how, I think how there's a lot it. of yeah. great resources. So I guess that um, what do you find is the the biggest uh, mindset mistake for new writers? One of the huge mistakes, well, first of all, is not believing that they can do it. Also thinking that it's talent that matters because it's not. Uh, <laughs> that, like, I think mindset's so much more important than talent. I think also thinking that you're knowing that you're better than you think you are because any, you know, you guys are avid readers, for example, and many of your listeners are avid readers. I think if you're an avid reader who knows what they like, I think you're probably already a better writer than you think you are that you give yourself credit for. And also the other huge problem that I see is people who worry too much about what others think and they spend their time kind of defending themselves against what they think others are thinking, which who cares? Um, and then finally, it's also people who don't have a plan. So they think that finishing the book is the last part of the plan. That's not the last part of the plan. Finishing the book is kind of halfway through because you still need to promote that book or else nobody's going to see it. And that's a huge shame. So um, people who think they kind of let go and stop working and stop pushing once that book is published and they don't think it's their job to, um, you know, to push it or to make it perfect. They're like, I'm going to write it and then somebody's going to take it and make it magically improve and be sold and that never happens yeah. <laughs> or almost never so that's the huge mistake too that I see yeah for sure for sure that makes sense and have you got any tips on how to overcome this writer's block or this mental block that you're referring to Right. Well, so I think the writer's block, yeah, it's not really, it's not the muse, right? Not visiting you because we all have ideas. It's an issue of, I don't think this idea is good enough. I don't think it's going to succeed. I don't think I can do it. I'm not the right person to tell this story. And it's just a question of repeating to yourself that, yeah, I can. And also the major thing is we've been told so many times as writers that you're not a real writer if you do this. You're not a real writer if you do that. You're only a real writer if you write every single day or if you produce this much, you know, this many words or you know, you publish with this publishing company and that's not true. There are a million different versions of success. And actually these days, self-published authors actually make more money. So anybody who's like, oh, you have to be published by Random House. No, you don't. You can publish yourself and you can make it. And also thinking that, oh, I'm not a real writer unless I'm making a living 100% from my writing. That's not true. Um, so you've got all 
lot of these things that people believe that are not super true and they're never helpful. So the writing block, the writer's block is I'm trying to get people to see that if you move forward every single day on your writing platform, whether that's writing words or posting something to TikTok that supports you as an author and builds your audience, those things are all moving you forward on that line of success. And yep. so that's what's important for people to realize. We don't feel like writing every day, just like you don't feel like reading the same thing every day. So, no. yeah. Yeah, I love that changing landscape idea. Yeah. I think, um, you know, off the back of those that are self-publishing, there's a, you know, a lot of authors as well that we're speaking to, they also are doing their self-editing as well. So do you have any tips for authors that, are also finding that they would rather self-edit than sending it off to an independent editor? So I really do believe though that people do need to find an outside editor. And I believe I do also always release self-editing checklists, tell mm -hmm. people what to look out for, but our brain is a very sneaky little thing and it will fill in the blanks in plot holes and it will skip over mistakes because we just are, that's the way our brain works. We're too familiar with our work. Mm -hmm. So what I always tell people, leave your book aside for at least a month so that you see it and go, oh my God, what did I just write? Um, <laughs> that you actually see your mistakes and that you actually see what's wrong. But half of us also, we have our darlings. We wrote this character that we love because it reminds us of our best friend or we write you know, this scene that's so fun because we had a memory like this where we had this wonderful dinner and it doesn't fit into the book and who mm. gives a crap about it. And so I tell people, no, you need to get an outside editor. You know, yeah, you have to invest in a book. So you have to, you know, I'm not saying you need to pay a million dollars and it doesn't need to be this name brand thing, but it needs to be somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. And also people get beta readers. So you get beta readers, which is kind of that middle ground as well, which is not the professional, but that's going to tell you, hey, I don't understand what this plot line was, or I don't like this character. They're not likable. And that's something that a beta reader can catch. But also then you fall into the trap of like, I've got too many beta readers. I'm listening to everything they're saying and I don't know where to go because, you know, so you've got that. But I think that honestly, the biggest investments that you can make if you're an independent author, do not make the mistake of thinking that you can edit yourself. It's really hard. Um, it, it, like at the very least, do an exchange with another author who has experience with editing. Yeah. Um, because that's important. And I edit people's books all the time, but like, I know that I don't catch everything in mine. So that's something that I, you know, I'll do that. And then the other thing is, unless you're a graphic artist, um, don't do your own cover. So <laughs> that's the other, <laughs> it could be really bad. So, um, you know, and that's something that a lot of people need to learn or they'll buy a cover that's pre-made and it just looks cheap and that cheapens your book. That's the first impression of your book. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, sometimes we try to go it alone too much because we are afraid of sharing before things are finished. And sometimes it takes a village to do these things. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. For sure. I do appreciate a pretty cover. Oh, I absolutely. I, I, <laughs> I have made a lot of decisions to get books to based, get based on, on the, cover. the cover. As you yeah. say, it's the first impression. <laughs> first thing. And, what, you know, they do say you shouldn't base a book on its cover. But then sometimes, like, but this yeah. is so pretty. I know. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And also like you tell yourself, okay, if the cover looks amateur and cheesy, you're like, well, clearly they didn't pay for the cover. They didn't pay to have it edited. And maybe they didn't give that attention to detail to everything else. So I'm not going to get this experience mm -hmm. um, that I'm looking forward to. So, I mean, sometimes you can judge a book by its cover. I mean, some people just happen to have this fantastic cover. And of course the book is terrible, but um, sometimes a really bad cover tells you a lot, yes. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, 
Okay, have you got any tips for authors when they're self-promoting their books? Like any, any tips for them? Absolutely. First of all, nobody's paying attention to you when you're self-promoting. Like most of the social media outlets will shut you down when you self-promote because they want you to pay them. So if you're thinking that your friends are going to get really sick of you self-promoting, they're not going to see a fraction of it. So don't worry about it. And anybody who's going to get offended because you're self-promoting too much, again, they're a problem. They can skip over it. So, so many people feel weird about it. Here's a trick that I have that I was always like, I was like, oh my God, I hate self-promotion. It's so awkward. But then I opened a shop and when I opened a shop, since it was stuff that I hadn't made myself that I hadn't like, well, some of it wasn't, I hadn't pulled it out of my guts and it wasn't so important to me. It was just objects that I thought would literally make the client's life better. Cause I was like, they're going to buy this bag and they're going to look so fashionable and they're going to be so happy with it. And they're going to carry it and they're going to feel good about themselves. Well, think that way about your book. Think about your book as a product that's going to help somebody's life because they're going to read it. They're going to love it. They're going to feel good about it. It's going to inspire them. It's going to make their life better. And so it's so much easier to promote when you're thinking this is a benefit to a specific reader. And who is that reader? And, you know, make a reader avatar and figure out who am I marketing to? So can I, I can avoid marketing to absolutely everyone who's not going to be interested, but I can focus that, you know, marketing effort on the right demographic. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I can, I can understand that self-consciousness coming in, but again, it's the mental block side of things, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, deciding before you've even promoted it that, oh, maybe it's not going to be good enough, or maybe they're going to think I look cheesy doing it or whatever else. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I love that comparison of thinking of it as something different of how it's going to improve people's, you know, lives or, you know, their journey when they're reading it. So yeah. Yeah, I think, um, like, I mean, we've seen how difficult it is just with socials, like trying to promote our own podcasts and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, we're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and for sure. And the other thing that I have to say, too, is, you know, you, you guys have a podcast. I have a podcast. I write books and everything. I think so many people tend to give up on the early side. And, you know, if you do this for a few months or even a year and you're like, oh, I'm not getting traction you know, it's not working. I'm going to quit. That's too early. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the overnight successes worked at it for years and years. You just didn't pay attention to them while yeah. they were working in the trenches. And yeah. then all of a sudden they got traction. You're like, Whoa, they did that so easily. Oh, I'm going to quit because I've been doing this for a year and a half and it didn't work out. No, you have to stick to it. And people are like, Oh, well, at what point do you decide that it's not working? I was like, well, at what point do you not care anymore? Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Like, as long as you're passionate about it, keep on going because you're not going to burn out. If you start to not care, then yeah, quit or pivot or do something else, you know, but really the time you put into it, it starts, it starts to grow. It starts to, you know, so it's, it feels like we're doing everything wrong, but in fact, sometimes just being prolific, putting out a lot of material or a lot of books or a lot of podcast episodes and pushing, pushing, pushing all the time is what it takes. So, yeah. And look, I feel like I'm taking that tip on board right now. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do, you do have those moments because, you know, um, it's, it's easy just to, you know, you have a hard day and it's not a, uh, even necessarily a hard day in relation to the podcast or in your book or whatever else. It's just been a tough day for whatever reason. And then it's kind of like you project onto that side of things and you're like, oh my gosh, like, 
you know why am I doing this? why are we doing this we haven't <laughs> yeah. had any extra followers or we're not getting any extra listeners yeah. or whatever and as you say like it is very easy to burn out in that initial stage so I think yeah. for anybody creating anything you know to, to decide like oh well maybe people aren't liking what I'm putting out or whatever you're you're making that decision in your own mind as opposed to allowing them to make that decision really because you're not pushing Mm. forward and I think it does make a huge difference if you're passionate about it and you're having fun while you're doing it and that's definitely why we're doing it (laughs) you know it it definitely does make a difference because you stop and you think Oh no, I I do love doing. I do this. like this. It's it's good. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. It's it's whatever the reward for you is. So mm-hmm. you know, if you can have the reward of it's fun doing this, that's a, a reward in and of itself. So that's going to feed you for a while. And then if you've got a reward of like that one person who's like, wow, I listened to that and it really helped me out, or I read that and it really touched me. That's a reward. Like, so you have to, we have to get ourselves out of this mindset where we're like, oh, if I didn't get a thousand, you know, comments or I didn't get, you know, a million reviews or I didn't get, you know, a viral video, you know, we have to give up that idea. And then sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. Like, half the time that stuff happens with some weird, <laughs> random element that just happened to, you know, whether it was timing or, you know, the algorithm or whatever happened, you just don't know. So the more you keep going, the more you keep producing, the more the chances of that happening actually, you know, come to fruition. Yeah. I guess for anyone that's um, listening to this, that's like, you know what, I, I'm going to go and write my next best novel after, (laughs) after all this, what, um, I guess, what can they expect if they join your writing groups and um, connect with you? What can they expect to They can expect to be super supported. They can expect to feel way better than they thought about it. I've had some people come in who were afraid to share their writing because they're like, oh my God, people have been mean to me in the past. Mm -hmm. And I give tough love sometimes, but never mean and always positive Um, because I don't think you need to be negative to make something bad something. I think that if you relentlessly push a positive message and you just don't acknowledge, you know, whatever was wrong, or you say, listen, I think everything, you know, all of this was super successful, work on this. You don't need to be like, that sucked. How dare you do that? So very, very positive, very uplifting, feeling better and better about oneself and also finding that community. I think that a lot of my writers, like they've started kind of going off and it's cute because we have our writing group once a week and they will meet up before some of them will, they've broken off into this group and they'll read even more to each other because they just love to do it. And just realizing that there's a whole community out there that, you know, wants to work with you. And all of these people, most of them have not met in person. We started before the pandemic. And so we were meeting at a round table and it was a few of us who started off at first, but then the pandemic made it that we were able to go on Zoom and we really feel like we all know each other. And I, in fact, met one of my clients and one of the members of the writing group for the first time in like a year and a half. Like she's been working with me multiple times a week. We've been in writing group. We've she shared really crazy intimate stuff and we'd never met in person. And it felt like we knew each other. We met each other. It's like, oh my God. The only thing was, I was like, I did not know you were so short. She was like, I did not know you were so tall. And <laughs> other than that, like, it really felt like, you know, we already had this bond and that's what happens when you join a writing group. You can be living around the world or across the country and you're going to meet those people who really support your writing. And that's super important to have somebody on your side. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I like that. I think, yeah, we've definitely seen that when, uh, you know, we're reviewing as well. And and I, I agree, there's no need to be negative about anything. If a book's not for you in particular, just 
you can leave constructive feedback you can just say look wasn't for me um but i definitely i think people kind of forget that you know this is someone's piece of work that they spent a lot of time and a lot of mm-hmm. investment in this is their baby and i just think you know there's no need to be negative and i think support where you can be constructive and if it's not for you that's fine and you can say that just in a nicer way yeah. <laughs> oh, ab- absolutely and also the other thing is that all genres have their you know have their pros have their cons have their fans have people who are passionate about them and i know that people tend to look down on things like fan fiction sometimes romance sometimes sci-fi people are like oh that's not real literature and i don't think that's true you know i think it's all about and you know and i'll and i'll tell you that's the other thing that if your listeners are really into romance for example and they're like oh is there room for me in a writing group because people tell me it's not literary well that's not true I'm really into storytelling. And so even my poets, I tell them, I want your story to come through the poem. Yes. And so, you know, yep. as long as the storytelling is strong, that there's a journey that, you know, that happens, yes. then, you know, that's what we're trying to get them. And like characters that you can really fall in love with, that's mm-hmm. the important thing. I don't think there's any, you know, and I see people whose lives have been changed by fan fiction, you know, who are super into it and it, yep. you know, they're passionate about it. And I think that's great. You know, yeah. is it yeah. for me? Do I read it? No, but. I see, you know, if I have a client who does fan fiction, I will help them to make it the best fan fiction ever. You know, that's just yeah, what it exactly. is. Yeah. <laughs> I think that at the end of the day, any anybody that's creating something, like the idea is to connect with somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's very subjective, um, but it's all about the connection. And as you say, about writing that story, about connecting with characters and whatever else. And so, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it was my pleasure (laughs) you know I think it so many different people can get benefit out of this because Mm. even though you know um you are referring to yourself as a writing coach essentially you're there to support anybody that is creating something um yeah. yeah and so I think there are a lot of people out there that will gain a lot of benefit out of out of connecting with you so yes I wanted to say one more thing about the new or the next chapter of creative happy hour podcast the next uh, season is going to be about more hands-on creative exercises yeah so for people who want to get this hands-on experience we're going to basically be talking as always about a creative theme but doing kind of this actionable thing like a worksheet or an activity that is going to bring people along and really create these transformations creatively for them and mindset wise so if they sign up on my website they get to get like I'll send them the materials uh, that they can download to do that so that's fun and also I'm moving uh, this month and I'm going to be doing live happy hours and live uh, retreats creative retreats and writing retreats. So anyone from around the world can come to Santa Barbara, which is a beautiful place. And, um, and they're going to be these retreats to really be transformed. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I know, I'm like, maybe I might write a book after this. I know. I'm inspired to write a book right now too. <laughs> I know. It'll have everything in it. Like, I know. I know. love everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. And we will catch you over on your episode for this week. Yes, looking forward. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye.